Hello and welcome to the Rev It Up Podcast, helping entrepreneurs fill up their tanks, crank up the RPMs, and put the pedal to the metal until they cross that finish line. Hello, I'm Jess Tiffany. Ready, set, go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rev It Up Podcast. I have a very special guest today here, uh, CJ Wynn. Uh, CJ Wynn is an Amazon bestseller with her new book, Wilder Intentions. Um, about a gruesome story from North Dakota, and I'm um, just very excited to have her here and to talk a little bit about um, her book and how she's doing. Uh, hello, CJ. How are you today? Hi, Jess. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Good. Excellent. So if you could tell us a little, just a tiny bit of the backstory of uh, what the book is about and where they can find it. Sure. So Wilder Intentions is actually the true account of the murder of 30-year-old Angela Wilder, which happened in 2015 um, in Minot, North Dakota, our hometown. Um, she was uh, brutally stabbed to death in her bed while she slept in the early morning hours of Friday, October 13th, 2015. It was kind of discovered later that her fiance had been trying to reach her that night. She was supposed to pick him up um, from work. He worked an overnight shift at Walmart. Uh, when she did not answer the phone or didn't show up to pick him up, he got a little bit nervous. Um, and then he came home to find uh, the back door to their residence had been kicked in. And then at the time, they had a two-year-old son together. Uh, he was also in the home with her. Uh, she was also pregnant with their second child. And he, instead of going in the house, he called the police. And it was kind of initially thought that maybe he had something to do with it. But most of the evidence did point towards uh, her ex-husband, whom she had a contentious relationship with. He was also remarried at the time. And then ultimately, you know, it was, it was shown that her ex-husband and his new wife had been responsible for her murder. But the book itself, there's a lot more to just that piece, that piece of it, and which is, that's kind of how the story was introduced to me as well. And I knew that there was a lot more that needed to be told. And so that's why. Well, thank you for doing that. I, I know a lot of people will find that uh, interesting. And, and then obviously it's flying off the shelf. So that's exciting. Uh, yes. And then, so what, what was kind of the, the draw that kind of initially brought you to want to write uh, about, you know, true crime? Well, first and foremost, this type of crime specifically is something that I find most intriguing, for lack of a better word, if you will. Um, my background is in psychology, and so I've always been especially interested in human behavior, the human psyche, the things that are, you know, behind the reasons why people do the things that they do, and specifically how people can do such heinous things to one another, especially to people they once supposedly loved. And I just thought, and one of the things that I found through documentaries that I've watched, through shows that I've watched, through books that I've read of this same genre, is that oftentimes the voice of the actual victim and or victims is lost in the description and the story that unfolds, right? And so one of the biggest reasons why I pursued this one specifically is because I knew that there had to be more about Angela's story, which had not really been shared. I knew there had to be more about her story. I knew that there had to be more that should be told about her. And as it, as it turned out, I learned a whole great deal about what an actual wonderful woman this was, uh, she was, and that story hadn't been told very much. So I was very honored to be able to do that. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting. I, my wife especially enjoys watching uh, those type of uh, true crime things. Mm -hmm. and, and it's always really interesting. You know, there's always multiple sides of the story and then you only mm -hmm. get partial truths from different people and then you have to put all the pieces together and it, it really can be quite mm -hmm. intriguing, some, intriguing sometimes. And uh, so uh, it's very cool. Yeah. So what was your kind of your uh, 
you know, your daily routine in trying to create a book like this? Um, obviously, there's a lot of research goes into it and uh, a lot of thought. How did you kind of go about that process and figure that out? Sure. So I'd never written a book before. Uh, this is my this is my first book. This is my first foray into writing anything of this magnitude at all. And so it was a little bit daunting at first. What I did was when I first decided that I was going to do this, when I first committed to that I was going to do this, is I went back to my own library of true crime books. Mm. Um, I went back and I read several of them over again. I picked out excerpts that I liked of those books. I pointed out things that I didn't particularly like. I tried to kind of develop my own style around the things that I found most brought me into a story versus those that didn't. So that was the first thing I did was do some research on that. The second thing I did was I reached out and I got all of the court documents, all of the police records that which was thousands and thousands of pages. There was wow. videos, there was transcripts. Um, I went to the courthouse, I printed off all of the, you know, past civil records between the people who were involved, and then brought them all home, you know, piles of paper, plus files upon files on my computer. And I really spent probably the first four months of that time just doing nothing but reading through all of those things and kind of trying to formulate timelines and descriptions and understanding the people who were involved, interviewing people as much as I could, those who were willing and things like that. So the actual writing process itself probably didn't start until about six or seven months into my research. That's how much there was to dive into and to kind of pull apart. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I wrote a book, you know, or, and, uh, but uh, I didn't have to do all that research because it was, it was, you know, it's just in my head. I mean, I probably yep. did the research, but I didn't realize I was doing research because I just was passionate about, you know, reading marketing mm -hmm. books and different things like that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was just kind of, kind of a, a lazy way. I, I tried to start writing a book for years and I just like get like, you know, a paragraph in or whatever. And I'd delete it and then I'd rewrite it and I'd delete and rewrite. And finally, one day I remembered, you know, like three years ago, I bought this Dragon Naturally Speaking software. And so for me, I was able to just make an outline and literally just talk every single point and just make it go into the computer. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to fix it, you know, my bad grammar afterwards. And um, so that made it really super easy for me. But how did you keep yourself disciplined to actually, you know, do the long process like that where you, you know, really, you know, just stay focused? How, how do you manage that, those tasks? Well, you know, I mean, to your first point and what you're saying, Jess, I think it's totally true, right? Is that, well, I'd never written a book before. You had never written a book before. You had read many. And I'm sure, like me, you had found things that you liked. You found things that you didn't like. And so you're able to sort of tailor your own style around that. And give it, I mean, I like to think that even though I had never written a book about this, my probably two decades of being, you know, being solely focused on, you know, watching these shows and documentaries and reading books like this is that I sort of fashioned myself into what I would say, you know, what I, what I like to call it, an expert, if you will, even though I'm not, obviously, but um, at least no thinking, well, I think I know what I'm talking about here and being able to shape this and form it and things like that. Um, the discipline, you know, that's tough. It really is. It's um, the entire process took me 18 months and I wish it wouldn't have, you know, I wish it would have taken me eight months and maybe my next one will, but the discipline in sitting down, I mean, I would write until two or three o'clock in the morning if that's, if that's when it found me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were days that I would sit and stare at my computer and nothing would come out, you know, nothing would come out. I'd sit and stare at it. And there's days where my fingers couldn't keep up with the typing with all the thoughts that were going through my head. But it's just, uh, 
you know, there's times where I thought maybe I would give up and there's times that I'd put my computer away in a corner for two weeks until I was ready to come back to it, you know, but I was determined to do this because I made a promise to myself. I feel that I made a promise to Angela. Uh, I made a promise to her family that I was going to tell her story and that alone was not going to allow me to give up or stop doing it. Yeah. It's always good. You know, when you have, um, how should I say it? External motivation where there's something that's Mm -hmm. pushing you. And, uh, so that's very cool. And, and I'm sure she appreciates, um, you know, our family and everybody appreciates that mm-hmm. you took the time to do that. Um, that's a big thing. So, yeah. Wow. So what's kind of um, after this book and um, obviously sales have been really good. You've gotten some PR. How did you go about picking um, your publisher and kind of how did that process work for you? Well, I had created a big proposal letter and that alone actually took me because the process of submitting proposal letters to publishers is not, in most circumstances, is actually not very easy. Hmm. That alone took me two months to write because it was a 78 page document of telling, it wasn't my book. It was me trying to convince a publisher that I was worth investing in to write a book. And I, I got several rejections and those are pretty hard to take at first. You know, they definitely discourage you. But at the same time, there's many authors who have received thousands of rejections. There's so many publishers out there. And I had picked up another book to read while I was in the process of this. It was called Murder on Birchleaf Drive by Stephen Epstein. And he was also a first time true crime author. And at the end of his book, in his acknowledgement sections, it's a fantastic book, by the way, just, you know, Murder on Birchleaf Drive, Stephen Epstein, fantastic book. Um, in his acknowledgement section, he thanked people for taking a chance on him. And one of, one of those people that he thanked, obviously, was Black Line Publishing. Hmm. And I thought to myself at the time, I wonder if they'd be willing to take a second chance <laughs> on another new author. Yep. And the first time I wrote to them, I didn't hear back from them for a couple of months. And then they responded back to me and said, don't come back to us again until your book is final. So I said, okay, there's a glimmer of hope here. <laughs> they didn't say no, go away. They said, just wait. So then I, as soon as I finished it, I put the finishing touches on it. I held my breath, you know, my stomach dropped to the floor and I hit send on it. And within three days, they came back to me and said, yeah, we want this. Nice. That's so fantastic. it was, it was amazing. And I am so completely grateful for Black Line Publishing for taking a chance on me because I want them to be successful too. They're amazing. Yeah. Nice. And they kind of take care of the whole, um, you know, packaging and getting it out to bookstores and Amazon and stuff, I assume. Is that kind of how that yep. process works for you? Yep. Okay. Hey, everybody. Jess here. What if I could help your company find over $100,000 in hidden revenue streams in less than an hour without spending an extra dime on advertising or marketing? Reach out to me at cardzap.thebumpcard.me. Check out the video on Five Steps to Profit. And also reach out and we can have a conversation. Thank you. So what's kind of next after, I mean, you wrote this big 300 and some page book, uh, very detailed, um, you know, it's selling great. What's kind of next for you after that? Well, you know, I didn't know how this was going to go over. Um, And even if it hadn't gone over well, I don't know what my reaction would have been to that. But the fact that it has been well received and I'm completely grateful and blessed for that as well is that I believe I found my passion. Um, this is my passion. I love it. Um, you know, I haven't ri- I have not written anything for a while now. And I was recently asked to contribute to uh, another true crime podcast. And I had the opportunity to kind of write some narrative out for that. And I just, it was just found it back again. And so right now I'm in the middle of pursuing my second book. Um, things seem to be really opening up there with, as far as interviews, people willing to talk to me, gathering information, just like I did on the first one. And so I'm really excited to begin diving into this one. 
Oh, that's exciting. So um, after you do all that research, and I'm sure it's kind of, I should ask, is it, it's kind of hard to do that. And, you know, you're kind of living that, you know what I mean? You're like actually living the crime that, you know, that you're interviewing. What's the emotional impact on that process? It's hard. It's hard. You know, in one aspect, you might think that someone might be able to desensitize themselves to that, right? But it's impossible to write a good book such as this without having empathy for virtually everyone involved, whether they're the people who did it or the people who are victims of it. And those degrees of empathy obviously differ and are on a different type of scale, right? But the mission to understand why this happened greatly supersedes any sort of desensitization or you know, obviously this is emotional. It's very emotional. I just looked at another case where crime scene photos were sent to me and they were horrific, beyond horrific. I had to put my computer away. Uh Um, I had to put my computer away and not look at them. These are things that are, because sometimes it can be easy to remove yourself from that and think these aren't real people. This didn't really happen, but it did. This really did happen. And to be able to, and I think honestly, even though it is emotional and is really hard sometimes, and sometimes, yeah, I, I do have to put the computer away. If I didn't feel that emotion, I wouldn't be able to write about it. I wouldn't be effective in being able to write about it. And so while it's sometimes hard, I'm thankful for that because I'm able to pour that out into writing. Wow. That's incredible skill. I cry when the, you know, there's puppies on a commercial. So yeah. Um, yeah. My, my, my family makes fun of me a lot about that. Right? <laughs> it's okay. Everybody does. Everybody does. Uh, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine the, uh, you know, seeing that uh, stuff and trying to process all that and then and stay objective about and have, and have the empathy for the guilty party too. Mm-hmm. Um, that just takes uh, incredible strength, I think. And, um, and so anyway, that's a credit to you. So, um, you. wow. I, anyway, I, I just think it's amazing. Um, so obviously this, this is becoming, you know, hopefully a revenue generation. I honestly think this is a, a good potential for uh, movie rights. Um, I, I think you probably have a good opportunity for foreign publication rights to be sold or have it translated yourself and sell it in multiple, you know, if you can have the book in 23 different languages or something, you know, obviously mm-hmm. sell, you know, 23 times or whatever more books. Right, um, right. But also impact a lot more people and get the story out about more people and uh, really make a big impact. And, uh, and so I, I think you're going to, you know, Oprah's not around, I don't think anymore, but uh, you know, I probably end up on one of those fancy shows here soon enough. So. Um, well, that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. And I might be able to introduce you to some uh, writers that do magazines too. So um, mm-hmm. after this, remind me to do that. Um, okay. And where's the best place for people to actually buy the book or read more about the book? Sure. Well, if you are in North Dakota, particularly Minot, uh, where the crime took place, I would definitely encourage you to reach out to Main Street Books. Uh, she's been trying to keep a, an inventory of paperbacks on hand um, for the last couple months now, and I really thank her for that. Otherwise, you can get it at barnesandnoble.com. Uh, you can get it at, on amazon.com, of course. I believe that the audiobook should be coming out soon. That's not yet available, but it is available on paperback and Kindle at this point. Awesome. Yeah, I'm an audiobook guy, so I'll be definitely checking that out too. So I, <laughs> yeah, I can have yeah. a copy. So and so, so yeah. And she had kind of mentioned at the beginning, but we actually lived in the same hometown of uh, Minot, North Dakota. Why not Minot? Yep. And Friesen's the reason. So, mm-hmm. but uh, which it is there now. Yes, <laughs> and it's totally changed because of the oil boom up there in, in the Dakotas, and there's about 16 hotels for every person. So. 
it's kind of crazy, but uh, the book that I'm working on now will actually probably address the oil boom there quite heavily. Yeah. Oh, interesting. There's a little teaser for the future here. Yes. (laughs) Excellent. Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And obviously, um, you know, uh, books obviously can help increase your revenue, help uh, hopefully open up some doors for uh, speaking opportunities. And you said earlier you aren't an expert, but you are an expert at this point. Um, (laughs) If you put in at least, you know, 10,000 hours over a period of years, you know, and all the studying of true crime stuff that you did before just for fun and, you know, or because it was interesting to you. All that's translating now into your business, into your career, which is going to help mm-hmm. you grow and obviously adds to your knowledge base. So you are an expert now. Well, thank by, you. By <laughs> far over the majority of the people on this planet. So uh, <laughs> just, uh, you know, keep up the good work. And uh, thank you. Thank I, you. I expect huge things from you. And uh, with that, um, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. And uh, I think uh, some people learn some good tips about, uh, you know, kind of the process of writing a book, you know, you know, the determination it takes to write a book uh, to get out there. And obviously, one last question, just because it popped in my head now is, it sounds like you had some good PR opportunities as far as getting in the press and stuff, um, at least in, in the local market. Can you tell us a little bit about how that happened or how they heard about that? Sure. So a couple of them happened with me reaching out directly. I reached out directly and, and with uh, you know press release and letting them know this no letting them know it was coming out and then actually several more reached out to me after seeing some of those publications. So yeah, it's definitely been a multi-pronged approach, if you will, um, in doing that. And you know, I hope that that kind of continues as things go along here. But I think thus far, I've been really happy about the publications that have been done and uh, people reaching out, um, the interest, and um, and especially promoting it in North Dakota. I think people really in, in North Dakota embrace those that um, have lived there and have you know either moved on or stayed there um, to be successful. And so I think it's really amazing to see. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I was just thinking that would be helpful to a lot of people is just, Mm -hmm. uh, for me, PR was huge in, you know, moving Mm -hmm. my career forward and and getting out there and, uh, you know, getting featured in magazines and all that fun stuff. So yeah, and you know, that's one thing that I have learned, you know, as I do is that there is marketing being done on my behalf and marketing being done on behalf of the book. But at the same time, you definitely have to be your own voice in this. And you know, social media for good, bad, or worse is definitely one of those platforms. And I found that Facebook is, you know, can be really, really valuable in doing that and, and doing those promotions. And so I don't mind doing that and getting that feedback, I think, and uh, which I need to do more of. <laughs> I'm not always great at the social media aspect, but um, it is definitely a big tool to help market yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I tell people, you know, get, you know, on every platform you can, at least a mm-hmm. presence and then, you know, focus on one or two that you're really good at and that you can get right each on. For me, it was LinkedIn. That was my magic. Uh, you know, I have like 26,000 plus connections there. I think on my SEO or my, excuse me, my CEO page on Facebook, I only have like 4,000 and then my company has, I think 11,000 or something, but, but all those little pieces start adding up, you know, and then I'm on all these obscure websites like Zing and BB and WebTalk and, you know, all these other social media platforms too. But occasionally people see me and a little bit of business trickles in, you know, it's just, it's just mm-hmm. different little avenues of people seeing right, me. Yeah. And that exposure, and then that brings in, you know, some new eyeballs, and then occasionally they reach out and hopefully do business with you. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I went on a tangent there absolutely. about business. That's, no, that's my passion. No, it's important. <laughs> I know. No, it's important, and, and it's extremely helpful for those of us who are a little bit social media challenged. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
she raised her hand. You can't see that on the podcast. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's funny, but uh, but yeah, we'll talk some more about that offline. But um, okay, we'll get you some tips. But it's uh, it is a great platform, and, and a lot of you know your friends from my school and, and different things back in North Dakota are obviously a, a good a resource to to, mm-hmm. to promote you, and that's yes. a big help. So absolutely. All right. Well, everybody, thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We have CJ Wynn, best-selling author, and uh, just an amazing gal. So thanks for listening today. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.